Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. to It's All White, our weekly Fulham podcast. My name's Robert Warlow, I'm joined here today by Fulham club writer Ryan O'Donovan. Hello. Hello Ryan, and also our digital football writer Scott Trotter. Hello. Hi Scott. So Ryan, uh, another week, another win for Fulham. Uh, it's going alright at the moment, isn't it? It's going very well at the moment, yeah, you know, we're up to, up to fifth, they're playing really good football, five wins on the bounce, six at home. I don't think anyone can be displeased with how they're playing, they're, they're playing in championship form at the moment which is what you expected them to do at the start of the season you know they had a bad bad start to it but the moment they looked like the side everyone thought they were going to be and yeah they're playing really well because it's like the Fulham uh, from the second half of last season at the moment isn't it yeah it's it's almost a carbon copy with the way last season went compared to this season last season they started off well had a blip and then no one could catch them in the second bit of the season this season they didn't start well and they had a big blip in the middle but they look even better now than they did at the end of last season. And the difference is between this and last season is that last season they got into sixth place with two games remaining. They're in fifth place and there's still three months left of the season. So it'll be interesting to see how they deal with that pressure compared to last season. Last season they were chasing. Now they're there to be shot at. Kevin McDonald told me, you know, it doesn't matter when you break into it, you've got to deal with that pressure. And at the moment they look like they're dealing with it all right. In a way, though, would it, would it not be a good thing to be there at this point? Because if they do make the playoffs, then they'll have had that kind of pressure for a few months. Whereas last year, you could perhaps say, because they snuck in at the end, they didn't have that element of pressure on those games beforehand. They were always the ones chasing. Yeah, but then people argue that you want to be the ones that make the playoffs with however long left to go because you're the former side. So you could, you could argue for either, to be honest. I think... This time it gives them a chance to aim for second, knowing that if they fall short of second, they're still in the playoffs and they've got another go at it. Whereas last season, the playoffs was the be-all and end-all for their season. So I think it's better in that sense in that they've got three, four months, whatever, left of the season. They can really give a go for second because they're only six points behind and they've still got to play Derby away from home, but they've still got to play them again. So I think you know they can go for second, aim for that, and if they don't get it, the playoffs is a is a bonus. Whereas last season that was the be all and end all for them. Mm. Who do you see is the obviously Derby are second at the moment, but Aston Villa have been going well, haven't they? So who do you see is the main threats for for that automatic spot? Yeah, I think it's between Derby, Villa, and Fulham to be honest. I, Cardiff are a good side. They've been in the playoffs second whatever all season. I just I don't think they're on the same level as the likes of Villa and Derby. So I think it's going to be between Derby, Fulham, and Villa for that second spot. I think, to be honest, Derby will get it. I can't see Fulham or, or Villa, you know, quite doing it. I think they're both going to be in the playoffs come the end of the season. But, you know, six points at the moment, there's every chance they can get it. 
Fulham-Aston Villa as a playoff final, that'd be quite tasty, wouldn't it? It would be a tasty one, even as a playoff semi-final would be a mm. tasty one. If if it finishes like it is at the moment with Cardiff, Bristol City and Villa in there, Villa are the ones I wouldn't want to face. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd like someone to take care of Villa for Fulham to play someone else in the final. But then, you know, you don't want to come up against the Neil Warnock side in the playoff mm. because you know exactly what you're going to get off them. So, you know, it's a playoff... Any, anything can happen but I, I think for the neutrals a Fulham Villa one would be would be easier on the eye yeah. Scott how do you see it in the, the promotion race and you know, that automatic spot I think a lot of people accept that Wolves are probably going to win the league but beyond, behind them as Ryan said that you know is a fight for second place and those playoff positions yeah well I think like you've both said you've kind of got teams going in two different directions you've got your Villa your Derby and your Fulham who are still on the upward trajectory and I think it's just at a moment as a cynic, when is that going to finish? Like, say, Fulham have been in good form for a long time now. While you want to ride that wave, you always think, when's the next defeat going to come? Because mm. that's football, you always get beat at some point. But the way Fulham are playing at the minute, it's hard to look past them against anybody. They're just kind of... I think what's really good is that they're winning in different ways. They, saw, they smashed Burton, they scored a really late goal against Barnsley, and then, then again, it was late before they scored against Nottingham Forest, I think. And... Um, they're putting the goals away now which is a really big change and that's hard to look past when you can win in all these different ways I think Derby are side perhaps closest to Fulham they play a similar sort of style of football so when they meet that'll be a really interesting fixture to see who is the better team of that style and Villa I'm not quite as confident about I think they're kind of more hit and miss despite perhaps having some good form and maybe they'll fall away and, or get found out in sort of one-off situations um, but I think it's all to play for um, and I think Fulham have got every chance if they keep going like this If we look back at the, the game itself on Saturday Ryan uh, as Scott said you know, perhaps later in terms of the goals but that's the sort of victory you've got to get if you're pushing for you know, top places I think what Saturday showed is the style of football Fulham are playing at the moment you know, it's all about dominance and it shows how high the fitness levels are we know, we, we know what an Ica Karanka side is going to be like it's going to be defensive and, and well built and they were they were well in the game until the seventieth minute, but the fitness levels just weren't the same as Fulham's. And Fulham's dominant style of play eventually told through, and that's why we saw the late goals. You know, they tied Forest down and they couldn't keep up with their fitness levels, especially after chasing the ball all game. And I think that's that's what this this run's been all about. You know, it's been about wearing teams down and absolutely dominating them. We didn't see it so much at Borough. That was more a gritty performance, but they smashed Burton six nil. You know, that second half against. Barnsley was was a lot better than the first, especially when Barnsley went down to ten men. You know, you could see they were going to struggle against a dominant Fulham side. So it, it's it's key to the way Fulham are playing at the moment is that dominance and those fitness levels. And I think that's why the the start of the season wasn't as good because the fitness levels weren't quite there. I still think that pre season wasn't as good as it could have been. You know, they could have arrived in the season a bit better prepared than they were. But now we're midway through the season, everyone's in peak fitness. We can see how fit Fulham are, mm. and it's paying dividends on the pitch. And good, obviously, for the likes of Lucas Piers to get another goal, and, and, and Johansson as well. Yeah, Johansson, especially, you know, he's not been. He had that period where he's played as a false nine in, in November that coincided with winless run, and people were like, why is Johansson playing there? He struggled with a bit of, a, of an injury, and he had, didn't quite look the same player. But we talked about Fulham last season, mirroring this season. Johansson's the same. He started off the start of last season not particularly good, but ended it as one of the best players in the league. And I think we're seeing that again with him. You know, he was absolutely dominant against Forest on Saturday. He was all over the pitch, 
and he scored a brilliant goal, which is what we saw from him last season. You know, it reminded me a bit of Huddersfield, his performance at Huddersfield where he dominated the pitch and he scored a pretty similar goal. So it's good to see him back and Lucas Piazon as well. You know, he had a horrible injury. He suffered a broken jaw last season, broken leg this season. And, you know, he was, he was very good in this game. Up at Middlesbrough, he didn't look too good. At Barnsley, he didn't look too good. But at home, you know, he looked in good form. And Chikanovic is, is backing him to play well. And his goal was well taken. You know, he just smashed it at the goalkeeper and made the goalkeeper do a job, which he failed at. So it's good to see Piazon back. I like Piazon. I think he had something to that side that they don't have without him. So seeing those two play well is really pleasing. And I guess there's, there's extra competition for places with the January you know, rivals of, of Mitrovic. And obviously, Matt Target's kind of left back, isn't he, as well? And you've got Christie as well coming come in, haven't you? So there's a bit of extra competition, which I guess keeps everyone on their toes and probably pushes you know, the, the performance level up again. It keeps everyone on their toes and pushes the performance level up. But they've got an interesting situation at Fulham where they've got six lone players, but they've only got five places for lone players in, in the squad. So one of those is going to miss out. And when you look at the loanees, you've got Callas, Piazon, Norwood... Target, Mitrovic and Ojo, you know, who's going to miss out from that? It's a, it's a mm. crazy list of players. All of those really could be starting mm. and one of them's got to miss out. So it, it's, it's, a head, it's a good headache for Djokanovic, but, you know, you'd like to see in an ideal world all, all of those playing. So that could add competition, a different type of competition to the lone players. And then when you've got the likes of Mitrovic, Font and Kamara as your strikers, it, everyone's benefiting from competition. Now, Ryan Fredericks before didn't have any competition, now he's got Cyrus Christie and those two are like two of the best right backs in the league mm. and they're competing with each other for one space. So the competition's healthy, it's gonna keep the team on their toes. And, you know, it was a really good I think it was a really good January transfer window from the side. We'll bring in Scott here um, to talk about um, Alexander Mitrovic. Obviously he, he made his debut, didn't he, for four Fulham mm-hmm. off the bench on uh, on Saturday. Scott, you, you know a bit more about him probably from uh, your your knowledge of Newcastle. Your so. time in the north. <laughs> yeah, so what, what what would you think he will bring to Fulham and you know how good a signing is that for them for the rest of the season um, I'm a massive fan of Mitrovic I think what everybody kind of will see and is evident to see all the time is that he's just got a lot of passion for playing football and being able to contribute all the time so he's got a tremendous work rate but I also think he's got really good distribution I know Ryan you mentioned that you saw it at the weekend that he can hold up the player really well but then bring another players into the game quite quickly is another strength I think a lot of people thought that was maybe why Benitez didn't trust him at Newcastle, that he didn't have that side of the game, but I think it was more his ability to follow a game plan where worries come in because he is sort of an emotional player. But I think maybe that's something Slav might quite like, to have somebody who can sort of get the rest of the team up for it, leave by example, maybe leave a bit of a nasty tackle in, not to say on purpose, but maybe slightly recklessly to kind of amp up the game a little bit. And I think that's definitely what you're going to get. And he has got an eye for a goal. He does it quite regularly for Serbian big games, important games, which Fulham are going to be home to play in. And I think he's a quality player. He's still really young as well, so if this goes well, maybe there's another option there next season because he's not fancied at Newcastle at all. And I know you were speaking earlier that you saw a bit of uh, his passion to one of the uh, defenders at the weekend. Yeah, he gave him an ear bashing all right for a good five minutes after one of the one of the chances he had. But yeah, I was, I'm the same as you. I was really impressed with him. I liked how... He could hold up the ball. He reminded me of Chris Martin a little bit. Chris Martin last season, Fulham have missed that kind of big striker to hold up the play and allow Fulham's wingers and forward players to come into it. The difference between Mitrovic and Martin for me is that Mitrovic can then get on the end of the yeah, ball. He's mobile. You know, M- Martin wasn't mobile. He'd hold the ball up, but that would be his thing. He'd bring players in, but that would be him done. Whereas Mitrovic would hold the ball up, bring those players in, and four seconds later, he'd be in the box 
trying to get in on the end of the crosses from target Sessegnon Fredericks so yeah I was really impressed with him and I like a player with a bit of a nasty streak in them you know Fredericks has had it at Fulham but there's not really anyone else there that has it but Mitrovic as you said you know 10 minutes into his Fulham debut and he's already having having a bit of an argy-bargy with the um the, the Forest centre-back which which I like to see you know you like players with passion so I think despite him having a bit of a hot head I think Slav will be the the best person to get the best out of him with that and keep that in check so I think Mitrovic will be a great signing I guess that's the thing we've seen it at Newcastle I mean he had a couple of red cards I mean it is keeping that in check as you say and making sure he doesn't go over the edge on it yeah exactly that you know you, you want a, a player like that that can get everyone moving you know that can that has a bit of a hot head but you don't want him to jeopardise the squad by getting mm. sent off it, it could happen but you know F- Fulham haven't really had that many red cards where someone's lost their head this season you know Dennis Adoy's at Brentford was just stupidity really he was two yellow cards there's not really been any where it's been reckless or ruthless or you know cynical like that so I think Slav will be able to keep a keep a lid on him especially from the sideline if you had Savica Djukanovic shouting when you at you from the sideline telling you to calm it down a bit I think you would mm. you know you'd calm it down because he's a scary bloke mm. so I, I think you know especially being countrymen as well together I think Slav will will be able to keep a lid on, on Mitrovic yeah. she's I think Fulham's form is going to help that a lot as well. Um, I think a lot of those red cards have been more when Newcastle have been struggling. There's mm. a bit of frustration in there. So he's trying just that bit too hard to try and help the team. Obviously, he was in the Championship when Newcastle won it last year. Didn't play much. I think he scored uh, some goals against QPR. So I think in a team that's doing well, he can probably do a little bit better as well. I think he'll thrive. Do you think you'll see him involved more over the coming weeks and months? I mean, obviously, uh, probably not surprised to see him come off the bench in the first mm. game, but... Yeah, so Slav mentioned after the game that he's not fully match fit yet. So I think it'll be a few weeks until we see him starting. But the more he plays and the more he gets up to speed with with Djukanovic's team, you know, the squad, I mentioned dominating the play, how fit the side are. He's going to have to get up to those levels. And he hasn't got as long as the others had. You know, he's only here until the end of the season. But I think give it a few weeks and he'll be starting and we'll see him as the main Fulham striker. Um I know you, you've been speaking before we came on the podcast here about Matt Target as well and how impressed you've been with him since he's coming. Yeah, I was really impressed with Matt Target. You know, I think out of all the signings they've made this season, he might well be signing of the season. He's only on loan until until the summer. He's, he's a young lad, but he oozes Premier League class. You can tell he's come from a Premier League academy. You can tell he's played Premier League football. And you know, on the pitch, going forward, he was putting in first-time crosses. He was taking a touch, beating his man, Lincoln Will Sessignon. And he liked to tackle as well. But off the pitch, you know, he was a completely different person. When I spoke to him after the game, I wasn't expecting such a, a shy, timid young lad after the performance I'd seen against Forrest. So I think he's going to fit well into the squad as well. And that's an important thing. You know, he, he spoke to me and he, he thanked the team for, for welcoming him with arms open. You know, you don't, you don't get that much with footballers anymore, you know, thanking teammates for welcoming him to the side. So I think he'll be a great sign. And he's, he's got the quality on the pitch. And I think he's got the personality off it as well. And like you say, that link up with Ryan Sessegnon, that that's that could be key for Fulham. In this. That that will be key. Yeah, you know, we know we had Ryan, uh, Rafa Suez, uh, Suarez at the start of the season, but Slav didn't didn't play him because he couldn't get up and down the pitch like Ryan Fredericks on the other side. You know, he wasn't as mobile, and that's why targets come in to allow Sessegnon to play further forward, but to also help Sessegnon and get forward himself. And we saw that. I think he spent more time as a as a left winger really on Saturday than he did defending. So yeah, it's it's an exactly it's a Jakanovic player. You know, he's relentless. He gets up and down the pitch. He can attack and he can defend. And do you think that that will bring the best out of Sessegnon to see him a bit further forward? I think so. We saw it last season with Scott Malone and Ryan Sessegnon how well they linked up. 
and Ryan Sessegnon hasn't had really had any left back so far this season. You know, we've got Dennis Doy there, but he's not quite the player that that you'd expect to get forward. He's he's a bit more defensive minded. So I think having having Matt Target there will get the best out of him. We've seen Ryan Sessegnon at his best further forward. Imagine what he can do when he's got someone else that's on his shoulder coming around the outside, making space for him to cut in onto his right foot, left foot. You know, I think I think we'll see Ryan Sessegnon add a few more to his eleven goal tally before now in the end of the season. I think you've seen a couple of those 11, haven't you, Scott? You, you were there yeah. a couple of weeks ago against Burton when he yeah, got yeah. two. What, 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 how impressed have you been with, with Ryan Sessegnon? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, it might sound a bit stupid, but I remember watching the Burton game and thinking, considering Fulham have dominated so much, that he hadn't really done a lot. He hadn't sort of had to beat anybody or do a great deal. Nothing was quite working for him. And like I say, then he comes up and scores two goals from the six-yard line. I think, I say, we were speaking earlier again and just saying he knows where to be at the right time and... Mm-hmm kind of has that ability to change the game because of it so it doesn't matter how he plays because he can offer something that not many players can in the league um, so like I say he's flying I think um, he's kind of in the running for awards galore this season if he keeps on uh, with the way he's playing and I think that's Fulham's like strength that is that depth across the front line now especially because you can have Sessegnon there you've got Piazan you've got Cabano it's just an embarrassment of riches it is, yeah. You've got Aite come back from injury now. You've got Oja up there as well. You know the front line is is, is ridiculous to be honest. You know for Font Kamara Mitrovic, it's, it's a embarrassment of riches. So who knows where they could go? Obviously, they move on to this week against Bolton. Another game that you would, you know, given the the, the form of, of Fulham, you'd expect them to go and win it. You would, but it's the type of game Fulham have struggled with this season. You know they went up to Sunderland, who hadn't won at home all season all year mm. and, and lost so they have struggled against these side, these kind of teams I think Bolton will probably look to frustrate them will look to, to sit defensively and, and hit them but you know will, will Bolton's fitness levels be able to match up with, with Fulham's the way Fulham are playing at the moment they're full of confidence mm. even if they see a team sitting back in, sitting in front of them I think they'll be confident enough to know they're going to hit the target at some stage and then now the difference is you can bring Mitrovic on, yeah. who's going to cause those centre backs who've been, you know, playing all game, dealing with the the runs from Font, the runs from Piazza, and the runs from Sessegnon. Then they've got to deal with someone like Mitrovic, that could, you know, cause one mistake and Fulham score it. So yeah, I, I think I think they'll win it. I think we've spoken on the podcast recently, haven't we, about the, the sort of the runner games that Fulham were, were in the middle of and coming towards the end of now mm-hmm. before they then hit the. You know the top teams that are going to be up and around them. So, uh, I guess this is the last one, isn't it? I think in that run before, yep. is it Villa then? Yeah, they got Villa then. It's a, it's a it's a mental run. You know, we all looked at the start of the season. I thought, Jesus, Fulham's opening period is really tough. You know, you got Reading, Sheffield Wednesday, Leeds in there. Teams we thought were going to be up there, but now looking at it, they then they're not up there. They're they're mid table around the bottom, mm. and it's this period in February March that no one really had a look at and no one really thought oh well that's going to be a difficult period because we didn't expect or know that all these teams would be there or thereabouts and now you look at it and you think Christ how the hell has the fixture list come up with something like that it can only happen in football but it is such an important part you know this this last game I wrote before they started this period that if they get double figures from the, the four games they've got to play against teams that are lower down it will set them up nicely into that run and at the moment they've got nine points from it so they're near enough got that target the next period is going to be deciding where they finish you know if they win most of those games you're looking at second place mm. if they have a mixed bag of results and you're probably looking at playoffs but you know only football could bring something up like this and it's if, if you're not looking forward to them then you're in the wrong sport 
Scott, would you say that's fair that these are perhaps season defining that after this one, the next few games against those sides around them? Yeah, I think definitely because, as Ryan said, it sets up whether they're going for second or whether it's the bottom end of the playoffs. I think, in a lot of respects, you almost want a period of games like this because if you start well, you can go through them and pick up points all the way through, whereas sometimes you're upset here and there and it, you struggle to get any form, whereas Fulham obviously at the peak of the form, so if this continues, they're flying. Well, I guess the important thing is they've got to keep that form going this week at Bolton. They have to, yeah. You know, There's no point losing at Bolton and then going to beat Villa the week after they've got to they've got to do the I wouldn't say the normal jobs but they've got to do the day job mm. first before they go beating the, the big not bigger teams but the teams that are around the promotion places mm. you'll be there won't you at the, uh, the Macron Stadium <coughs> on, on Saturday I will be yep I'll be up there excellent well, we'll wrap it up here for, for now for this week um, obviously Ryan will be bringing you all the uh, pre-match and uh, build up and obviously coverage and reaction afterwards at Bolton so uh, it'll be all on getwestlondon.co.uk and we will be back next week with It's All White thank you for listening Van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nuggets burger of Sunday voor maar 1 euro per stuk. En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King Deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King.